y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the culture. Oh my God, I'm on the radio with Angela Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Yes, you are. All I do is read about the Breakfast Club. Every morning, you guys are trending. Every, uh, you know, I drag my ass out of bed. I'm like, uh, what happened on the Breakfast Club today? Good morning, USA. Hey, fam. Good morning. It's Thursday. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys feeling? One more day to the weekend. One more day to the weekend. Crazy. I am tired. How are you feeling? Um, I feel okay. I'm feeling a little better. Yesterday, uh, you was beat. Yeah, I think I just was exhausted. I've been doing too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yesterday, so um, you know, uh, a shout out to my wife. You know, we have a book coming out April nineteenth. So we're planning and uh, we're setting up a book tour. So, uh, like I said yesterday, we're traveling to city to city. We're we're going to the mom and pop bookstores. We're going to the major bookstores. We just want to meet and see the people. It's a relationship book. We break down everything that we've been through. Uh, hopefully to help people out there that's you know maybe going through similar problems, similar situations, don't know how to figure it out. Um, and we just kind of you know tell our story. We're just honest and truthful. So it's it's going to be some um. Some crying moments in that book, but it's uh, it was therapy to me and my wife because we were able to talk a lot of things out from the beginning of our relationship. So that was pretty cool. So we were uh, setting that up. So yesterday, you know, I'm into real estate, so I uh, have a property that's about an hour away, and I went to go check, and I left my laptop there. Ooh. Now it comes with the house. Yes, no. So my laptop <laughs> is my everything. So that's where I take no matter what. When I get out the car, I take my laptop. That's my life. Like that's how I make my money. That's how I DJ. Oh, nudes. No, no nudes, but just how I DJ. So I left the pro- I left yesterday, and I remembered that I left my laptop there. So last night I drove back to the property to go get my laptop, but they did work on the house. So I was so impressed with the work that they did in the house. I'm Facetiming my wife, saying, "Look, I go back home. I left the laptop again." What is wrong with you, Envy? So I had to get up at three o'clock this morning to drive back to the property this morning to go get the damn laptop. You are really ditzy. I am. I am a blonde. I am very <laughs> ditzy this morning. All right, don't blonde shame. No blonde shame. <laughs> All right, well, we got a great show for you today. We have Damson Idris join, joining us this morning. You yes, know, from, from the amazing show, Snowfall. That show is so great. I love, man. And it's crazy because, you know, the new season started. They did, like, two episodes mm-hmm. back-to-back. And I had to really, like, go back because I was trying to remember. It feels like it's so long in between all these shows yeah. that you got to, like, recall what what happened? I've heard so many good things about Snowfall. I just haven't dove into it. I haven't seen it yet. I just haven't had time. We're like, on season five. You got to tune in. You I, had time to watch The Bachelor. I do, but I fall asleep on The Bachelor. That's like that's my wife's show, so you can fall asleep on it. It's like you know, you know, you can watch a little bit. Like I haven't seen Euphoria. What? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. The Tinder Swindler, what's that thing? Oh yeah, Tinder Swindler. I haven't seen that. Inventing yet. Anna. I only seen like three episodes of that. Like I've been behind, behind. So, but hey. uh, yeah, hey, stop it. But Damson Idris will be joining us, and also <laughs> Erica Alexander and Rebecca Howard. Uh, yes, they have a new podcast called Finding Tamika mm-hmm. that focuses on a disappearance and uh, the disappearance and murder of Tamika Hudson. Houston, what's Houston. her name? Houston. Yeah. So we'll be kicking it with them in a little bit as well. So a packed show. And let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Yes, uh, let's start it off with, I mean, you know what we're talking about, Ukraine and Russia. And now there is a bounty on the head of Vladimir Putin. We'll tell you who placed that bounty. Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. 
Some new, some new news. Some new news. Some new news. Where we starting? All right. Well, let's start with the Russian businessman. He has put a one million dollar bounty on Vladimir Putin's head. Now, what does that mean? Not that he wants him killed, but he wants him arrested as a war criminal. So this investor is um, saying that he promises to pay $1 million to the officer or officers who, complying with their constitutional duty, arrest Putin as a war criminal under Russian and international laws. Now, the uh, man who says this is a crypto investor. His mm-hmm. name is Alex Konanikin. I can't even pronounce his last name. Konanikin. And he posted it on Facebook. He said Putin had violated the Russian Constitution by eliminating free elections and murdering his opponent. He said, as an ethnic Russian and a Russian citizen, I see it as my moral duty to facilitate the denazification of Russia. I will continue my assistance to Ukraine in its heroic efforts to withstand the onslaught of Putin's order. So, so he doesn't want him killed. He just wants him. He wants him arrested as a war criminal. Okay. All and right. now let's give you guys some updates. Uh, there's another round of talks that will be taking place today between both delegations for Ukraine and for Russia. They said the first round on Monday lasted five hours. Mm-hmm. Now, the mayor of the southern city of Kershaw indicated that they had fallen on Wednesday. They said Ukrainian forces has left. So Russian forces um, have taken over. And this follows several days of heavy fighting. A Western intelligence report indicated that Chinese officials in the meantime in early February requested that senior Russian officials wait until after the Beijing Winter Olympics had finished before they started that invasion of Ukraine. So apparently they knew, but they were like, let's just wait till after the Olympics for you guys before you guys do this. Yeah, my, my only thing is, my question is this, you know, they have those conversations. What are they having conversations about, right? If I'm Ukraine, what is there to talk about? Why are you invading my country? Well, you're still wanting to see if there is any way to get a ceasefire. And no matter what, you still would like that. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to come to the table to try to see if you can make that happen. But and how, but how do and you the make United States and every country is still hoping that it happens. But how, what do you give up? If you're Ukraine, like, what conversation do you have? It's not like you'd be like, oh, well, I'll give you this if you just stop shooting at me. Like, what, what do you have? Like, stop shooting at me. Stop, stop dropping bombs at me. You're killing innocent people. Like, what? I don't, I don't understand with these conversations. I don't know how they're helping. You know? Now, one million people have left Ukraine in just a week, according to the U.N. I did see on the news some people that were protesting mm-hmm. uh, when the uh, when, when the um, Russian military were coming in. They were standing there and they were chanting and yelling and they didn't have any weapons or anything on them. Mm. Um, so eventually the Russians did go past them, but they were standing outside protesting, saying that they didn't have any weapons. Um, but, you know, asking them to please leave. Wow. And, Obviously, that didn't work. Now, the U.S. House of Representatives overwhelmingly approved a bipartisan resolution Wednesday. That uh, resolution expresses support for the people of Ukraine. There were only three people who voted against the resolution. They were all Republicans. One of them said on Twitter that they're, uh, they said, talk to me when our border is secure. Another person says that he thought the resolution was overly broad and that targeting Russia's economy could backfire and cause further economic stress for low-income Americans. And the third person argued that the U.S. has no moral obligation to help either side in the conflict. So those are the three people who voted. The vote was almost unanimous, 426 to 3. Mm in order to um, support Ukraine. Now, seven Russian banks have uh, been removed from the SWIFT network. We told you guys about that earlier. Those are the banks that um, 
are now not going to be able to uh, send money. And, you know, economically, that's where everybody's hitting them right now with all these different sanctions. Right. So we'll keep you updated again on what's going on in Ukraine and Russia as things keep on happening. And that is your front page news. They are saying these latest sanctions will, um, in the long term, really affect Russia as people are figuring out ways to get an, uh, around the oil and gas issue that we're having now with the shortage around the world from all these uh, sanctions against Russia. Yeah, they're saying gas prices are going to be $119 a barrel. So people are like, well, what does that mean? Just think about it. Last year, it was around $88 a barrel, $90 a barrel. So the fact that it's going to 119 meaning gas prices will probably shoot over $5, which is going to be very, 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 very difficult, very yeah, expensive. Yeah, people will be scrambling to try to find alternative supplies. But in the long term, do you really want to have to rely on Russia for gas and oil? So now everybody has to figure out something alternative. Yeah, they're pushing electric. And I know for some people looking at electric cars, because I've been looking at electric cars the last couple of days, uh, I know uh, right now for myself, Tesla looks good because Tesla has so many charging stations where you can actually charge and they have the fast charges. A lot of them are free. And I know a lot of these other manufacturers they have electric cars, but you got to pay to charge your car. So it's kind of like getting gas. So just just do your homework. I've my been doing brother my has an electric car. He's so happy. What kind of car? He has a BMW. I got to figure it out. I just got to ask some more questions about it. But anyway, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's about Envy? Yo, Trav, if I tell you how many people are really upset that you always get through, like, they're like, how does Trav always we get, get through? We get tagged in posts, like, how does this happen? Oh, trust me, you don't have to tell me. They be all in my DMs like, oh, you need to get a job and all this. Mind you, that didn't used to bother me because I used to have a job like for nine years. And now you're like, now I do. Now I'm stinging a little bit. Because <laughs> now you know, you, you know I lost my job. Now I be stinging a little bit. Oh, yeah, my. you lost your job a while ago. I lost my job in, de- in December, ye, not a while ago. I ain't been jobless for a while. Okay, okay. You need to get a job, Travis. Go get a job. <laughs> Feel like long time. <laughs> okay, but God, God still been blessing me because I got food stamps. I'm on unemployment. Oh, my like, goodness. God is still blessing me. Won't he do it? Well, now if you got an opportunity, hey, I'm all here. Mm-hmm. I'm all here. <laughs> I know that's but, um, right. I'm calling because, um, listen, actually, um, ye, I know I'm always asking you for something. And I would actually like to have your help and and envy if I'm actually just finished the project that I'm doing. I've been working on it for the last year, and I have six sentences, three apiece, that you guys could help me with my project. What's okay. your project? Um, it's a little EP, and I just want you guys like to narrate something for me. And I literally have the six sentences written out, and it's only six sentences. Oh my and god! I, mean, yeah. I like that you always have an easy ask. Now it's Blind Beauty on the project. Yes, she is. Okay, then yes, I'll do it. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know because I'm, I'm charging a little more after I did the Queen Naja uh, project. You know, my, my, my cost went up a little bit. I didn't see you in there. I was definitely in there. Mine is nonprofit, and I'm not trying to make no money. I'm just joking, Trav. We got you, man. I appreciate that. Taylor, we got you. I'm gonna send it to y'all. Thank right. you. Right, Let right. me see, Envy. I didn't see you in there. MV. I'm in there. I started open shirt. I start. I start. I, I start the video off with no shirt on. Hello, who's this? This is Jasmine from the Bronx, but I now live in Maryland. Jasmine from the Bronx that lives in Maryland. What up? Get it off your chest. Okay, I just have to get it off my chest. So I was gonna, um, I had talked with a friend. I was gonna go to New York to watch um, my godson, to watch her son 
but I um so that she could go on a trip on Mother's Day. But I decided to change my mind and I told her like, look, I'm going through stuff mentally. I can't I can't go to New York. I can't watch him. So long story short, we basically got into a disagreement about it. And she said, well, I won't. I don't want you watching my son and you have mental health problems. And that really like it just made me realize like what is up like. I've watched him before and I have, you know, a mental health condition. Like, why is it that if I change my mind, like, all of a sudden I can't watch him because I have mental health problems? So, I just, I don't know. Like, I just had to get off my chest because I'm like, is there a stigma? Like, is it, do people feel like if you're going through stuff and you're trying to, like, you know, go, you know, manage your mental health, like, you can't babysit? Like, what is that about? Well, I'm sure she was probably upset because it was Mother's Day, so she probably made plans and arrangements. And yeah, she planned a trip. And she probably planned a trip or a date or whatever it was, and then you canceled on her last minute, so she's probably upset and, you know, hurt people hurt people. She probably tried to throw a stab at you to, you know, to dig at you back. Yeah, and I can understand that, and, and, I, and I do understand that concept, but I also feel like this, like, I'm a person that she knows my heart. Like, I always look out for my God so when I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always put, I put a lot of people first, and now that I'm not putting people first and I'm finally putting myself first, it's a problem. Well, that's going to happen. She, I mean, it's you know, she had a problem that, you know, that you, you, you stiffed her and you did her dirty and, and, and you feel away. So, I well, mean. Aside from all of that, take care of yourself, you know? Yeah, that's more take important. Care, take care of yourself. You I mean, that's sure her child, good. and she can make whatever it. decisions that she wants to make. But as far as you, really take care of yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. I'm just trying to take care of myself. And, um, you know, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for y'all advice. And hopefully, like I said, like we, we got to end this stigma with mental health and, you know, um, just children in general. Because it's okay to go through stuff and, and be able to pull back and say, yo, I got to focus on me, you know? And and I and hopefully I will be able to watch him again. Like I, you know, I love my godson. Like I want to be able to babysit and stuff, but right. I'm going through a lot right now. So I just hope my friend is understanding, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, focus we'll on you, yourself, like you mama. said. Continue to do that. Put yourself first. You've identified. You know that you have some things you got to deal with, and so worry about that right now and deal with that. Get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? What's going on? It's your boy, Chris. Chris, what up? Get it off your chest. What up, brother? What up? Okay, real quick. I I just want to make sure that everybody knows there's an opportunity for young African-American men to get a scholarship to attend HBCUs. You guys are familiar with me. As, As in Sam, B. GX, okay? So I want all my young African-American men attending HBCUs to go to S as in Sam, V as in Victor, G as in God, S foundation.org and get with me, okay? So all right. anybody who wants to donate, please also donate. You'll be in the best of company like Uncle Charlotte. Are you there yet, Uncle Charlotte? He's not here. He's not here today. He would, he would not be there when y'all actually put me through. <laughs> but, you know, we all are Hampton graduates. Shout out to DJ Envy. Um, so check this out. Once again, Angela, I know you got the computer right there. SBGSFoundation.org. I appreciate Indeed. Oh, damn, you hung up on him? I didn't, I didn't hang up on him. That was your Hampton. That's my Hampton, bro. I never Fellow hang up on alum. Him. But definitely check him out and, and see if they're giving scholarships and you need help. Definitely hit up his organization. And um, I'm definitely going to donate to the organization if they're giving out scholarships to, to brothers who need it. Hello, who's this? This is Julie May. I'm glad that you guys answered. What's up? What's, What's up, up, Julie? Get it off your chest. 
getting off my chest. I think I'm in love with my best friend that I had, you know, I had talked about like us pursuing three years ago and then I jumped into a relationship with I love guy too. But uh, I just I'm in love with him. I'm loving my best friend and I'm having to make this choice and I'm going through uh, like like I guess it's spiritually getting a hard time, you know, I'm getting through that's hard. But Did you just say you're that? in love with somebody else and with your best friend? You have a boyfriend? And turn your radio down. I, I I do have I do have a boyfriend and of three years he's a great guy. And right before I started dating him, you know, my boy, uh, my best friend had been in feelings to me. And, uh, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind. And, like, right now, since I've been focusing on myself, like, stepping back. And I just feel guilty, you know? like you should, Well, you shouldn't feel guilty. But if, if you're not happy in your relationship, I mean, the, the number one thing is happy. She she's in love with happy. him, too. Oh, you're in love with both. I mean, I feel you can be. Like, it just... It, and I don't know. And I don't know what to do in this situation, but I know that focusing on myself, I guess. Wow. Sounds like you're focusing on other people, too. I am. <laughs> and maybe taking a step back will help that. Wow. But are you in love or are you in lust? Neither, because they said, like, lust is, like, there's so much more to a connection, you know? Like, there's so much more to intimacy. And that's what, I've, like, I've they've been there through the hardest times, you know? Like, 2020 has been hard on everyone, you know? Like... God bless every like everyone that's gotten through hardships like since. But you know now I'm focusing on myself and it's like I I totally slapped on this guy like started dating someone the next day. And like, now let me ask you this: Does he love you back, your best friend? He does, and it's just scary though. He's a player. I, he's my best friend. I know him. I've seen him. You know, but have you been sleeping with him already? No, I I that I post off. I I hold off on, and that's okay. And I that's what I respect too. You know, I've been I've been abstinent from both while in this. Oh, you haven't had sex. So, I mean, why don't you just date them both? Just start oh. dating. Tell, yeah. tell your boyfriend that you just want to date other people. Let him date other people and then feel it out. That might not be your best friend anymore if you know he's a player and you guys start dating and you start cheating on your man with him. I didn't say cheat. I said open relationship. Don't cheat. You have the conversation. Just have the conversation. Have a real conversation and see where it goes. Okay, you might end up alone. You might end. Yeah, that's yeah, a possibility. You know, and maybe that's what I need. And yeah, that's maybe. What I need right now. Yeah, yeah, but just be honest. So that way you ain't got to be hiding and running around and doing stuff that's foul. So just be honest. Right. And you guys have a blessed morning. You thank too. You. Good luck. Thank you. I don't think it's gonna work out too good for her. <laughs> get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way. Yeah, since we're talking relationships, Kim Kardashian is legally single. We'll tell you all about it. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, this morning on CBS Mornings, you'll get to hear Melinda op- Melinda Gates opening up about what led to her divorce from Bill Gates. Now, she sat down with Gail King, and she talked about her whole healing journey. Did you have moments where you were just so angry? Did you have moments that you were just in such pain? Well, I think it's really important to say, look, I had a lot of tears for many days. I mean, days where I'm literally laying on the floor on the carpet, you know, this close to me, thinking how can this be how can i get up that's part of the grieving process you're grieving Mm -hmm. a loss of something you thought you had and thought you had for your lifetime and at the end of the day though i started on this journey of healing and i feel like i'm starting to get to the other side i'm actually really excited about what's to come in life ahead for me 
They were married for 27 years, and they announced their split in May. They released a joint statement that said, we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. If you guys recall, he had an affair with a staffer 20 years ago, which was confirmed by a spokesperson for him last May as well. Here's what Melinda Gates said about trust. After the news came out, it was revealed that uh, Bill Gates admitted that he had had an affair in the marriage. And at that time, did you think we're going to work through this? How did you handle something like that? Well, I certainly believe in forgiveness. Um, so I thought we had worked through some of that. It wasn't one moment or one specific thing that happened. There just came a point in time where there was enough there that I realized it just wasn't healthy and I couldn't trust what we had. Mm, so she forgave that, but there was other things that got her to that point. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll hear some of those things in that interview this morning. She's still worth, she's worth $2.4 billion, by the way, but I mean, I, I'm sure that's difficult. You start with somebody 20 years and... and 27. 27 years, marriage. and gaining that trust back is one of the most difficult things. Um, to Trying to, you know, because it's, it's your everything, and you disrespect or you cheat or you, you're not honest with your everything, and then it's hard to get that back. All right, Very well, difficult. Kim Kardashian is legally single, so congratulations to her. We know that's what she wanted. The judge did grant her like motion. you cheer like that? Camera got Nick was like, woo! Okay, Nick! <laughs> yes, she has been granted her motion seeking the legal status, and they said the case had stalled for several months, but there was a lot of progress, and he also finalized, the uh, judge also finalized dropping West from her name. So she is back to Kim Kardashian, no longer Kim Kardashian West. Yeah, I mean, well, I definitely pray for them. I mean, she, this is what she wanted. Hopefully they both get the healing that they need. But on another note, that Kanye West documentary is amazing. Yeah, I, we'll talk about that more too. That is great. And I see Kanye was also hanging out with Tristan Thompson. Uh, the two of them were dining at the Satai in Miami Beach with a few other dinner guests as well. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting hookup. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to hang out with Amber Rose again, too. So we shall see. But he also released a music video that was targeting Pete Davidson after his marriage was dissolved. And that is for that song, Easy, of course, that he has. Uh, if you guys recall, this is the song. Was never easy. My life was never easy. Was don't interrupt just because it's no love. Show the shrug. This song is tough, though, by the way. Well, he ended the video with two slides that said, Everyone lived happily ever after, except Skeet. You know who? And then he said, Just kidding, he's fine. And so, I, I don't understand why Kanye's so mad at, at, I was about to say Skeet, at Pete Davidson. They're not friends. They didn't grow up with each other. Also in the video, uh, there's a depiction of him burying a cartoon man that resembles Pete Davidson alive. Yeah, I don't know why he's so mad with Pete. Like, Pete is, he's, he's, he's a man. He, he doesn't know you. He doesn't owe you anything. You having problems with your wife. Ex-wife now. Ex-wife. Him and your ex-wife got together and what did he do? He, he doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe you loyalty. He's not your friend. He didn't grow up with you. You're not, you're, you know. A source told Entertainment Tonight that Pete Davidson isn't bothered by Kanye's attacks on him. He said Pete finds Kanye's lyrics and interviews about him funny and entertaining. He's super chill about the situation and doesn't take it too personally, but he hates that Kim has to deal with the drama. 
Hmm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. No, that's rumor. I mean, uh, your rumor report. So All right. You're right. We got front page news next. What are we talking about? Uh, we are going to talk about the guy who was on the subway smearing feces on that woman. He mm-hmm. was arrested, and he's back on the streets already. We'll tell you what happened. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Have you ever wanted to own a piece of Breakfast Club history? Then this is your chance. Breakfast Club NFTs are almost here, exclusively with one of the green platform. If you've been curious about NFTs, this is the perfect way to start your collection. So don't wait. Hit up oneof.com today for more. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, the guy who smeared his own feces on a woman's face was freed without bail yesterday. And uh, he was actually before a judge for the second time. In two days, this time on charges that he spat on a Jewish man and chased him down a Brooklyn street screaming, come here, you effing Jew, I'm going to kill you, according to a criminal complaint. They said that happened September 9th in Crown Heights. So, again, uh, last week in the Bronx, he was accused of rubbing his excrement in a woman's face. He's now charged with second-degree aggravated harassment as a hate crime, disorderly conduct, and two counts of menacing, including one as a hate crime. But they could not set bail on any of those charges because of the state's new bail reform laws that nixed the cash option for many charges. So for that reason, Frank Abroka, Abroqua was uh, released. Yeah, and that's a, they have to fix that. And, and I get it. There's, you know... People get arrested and they can't afford bail and, and, you know, and that's what they did it for. But then there's a loophole. Like this gentleman has been arrested 44 times. Right. He has a felony. He had a felony charge. He continues to do this. But because of this new bail, he can get arrested and come right back out. So when does it stop? You know, first he spit on somebody. Then he smeared poop on somebody's face. What's next? Do you have to wait till somebody gets cut? Somebody gets hurt? Dies? Before they say, okay, well, maybe we should keep him, because that, that's not right. Yeah, 44 times or 40-something times, that's not right. And I'm sure he feels like he can do whatever he wants with no repercussions. <clears throat> because, he can. Yeah. He can. He smeared poop in somebody's face and got got released the next day. Then he spit in somebody's face and chased him down the block and got released the next day. Like, that's not even the next day, the same day. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, a series of unseen sketches by Dr. Seuss will be edited by an inclusive group of writers and artists from, quote, diverse racial backgrounds before they are published for the first time. And some people are upset. They're accusing uh, this of being woke washing. (laughs) And so uh, Dr. Seuss Enterprises, which is a company founded by the family of Dr. Seuss, will uh, is putting this together. So this sketches will serve as the basis for a new line of books that will be written and illustrated by that group. And it also follows his recent cancellation after six of his books, his kids' books, were yanked from publication because of alleged racist imagery. Did you read Dr. Seuss' books growing up? Uh, of course. I think every kid did. Mm-hmm. I think every kid did. Yeah. I'm, I... I Remember the cat in the hat and green eggs and ham. That's the only two I, I always remember: the cat in the hat and the green eggs and ham. And that's crazy. That's the, that's what I read to my kids. You know, that's what I read to my kids. Same all difference. Right. All right. So, um, you know, they they actually President Joe Biden did remove mentions of Dr. Seuss from the Read Across America Day, and he is one of the world's most popular children's authors. But his books have come under fire in recent years for the how they portray several minority groups. For instance, if I ran the zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, has depicted Africans as pot-bellied and thick-lipped, as one biography of Seuss puts it. 
And so that book was first published in 1950, and it also described Asian characters as helpers who all wear their eyes at a slant from countries no one can spell. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so crazy. These, these are what we've been, you know, teaching our kids, reading to our kids with this underlying racism in it. But we just need to create more, and we need to push our own. I mean, there's a lot of uh, minority books that's written for kids, uh, and we just got to push them all. We just got to get them more out there. Uh, and uh, I know sometimes they send a lot up here to our kids, and I read them to my kids all the time, but we just have to make those popular, make those as big as Dr. Seuss books were, you know? Man, I was at, you know I was at the New York Public Library um, two days ago, and there is, when I tell you the books they had in there, and it was also Black History Month, so I know they were mm -hmm. highlighting a lot of those. I was in the... Um, I was in the teen center and then also for the younger kids. And there are some incredible books that I wish I would have had, you know, growing up. They had a Miles Davis book. They actually have a book about Michael B. Jordan as well. Really? But there's so many books. And for one of my friends who just had a kid, I just sent her a whole bunch of books. Um, one of them is about Michelle Obama. It's just amazing, like, the diversity. And we have to support that, too. Yeah, and we just got to keep... Just to show those role models Encouraging. That and what I'm seeing on television, um, I, and whether it's Nickelodeon, whether it's the Disney Channel, what my kids watch, it is working. The other day, a couple of days ago, I should say, uh, my five-year-old, Brooklyn, I, I hear her talking to her brother, who's seven, and they were talking about Black History Month. And, you know, they were talking, he was trying to explain to her what Black History Month was. And I'm listening, because I'm like, this is so cute to me. So she comes in the room, and she was like, Mom, what's Black History Month? So my <laughs> wife explains. And, you know, and all of a sudden she goes, yay, I'm black. And then she just runs out and then she starts telling everybody what Black History Month is. So they are seeing it on Nickelodeon. They're seeing it on Disney World, I mean, Disney Channel. And it's it's encouraging them to learn more about their history, which is great. Because if, if we just explain it, it'd be like, yeah, all right, mom and dad. But the fact that it's on their favorite cartoons and they're breaking it down and they're explaining it and they are giving moments, that is wonderful. So. Shout to uh, whoever's doing that in Nickelodeon and on Disney Channel. I, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these books. A Fist for Joe Lewis and Me. Mm -hmm. um, Memphis Martin and the Mountaintop. And these are kids' books. Ida B. Wells, mm -hmm. you know, Above the Rim. Just all these different books that you can see that highlight uh, a lot of us. So mm -hmm. it's really dope. All, All right. right, well, that is your front page news. All right, when we come back, Damson Idris will be joining us. You know, he's an actor. You might know him from Snowfall. Yes. Recently, he was on the red carpet, and uh, not him, but Denzel Washington was on the red carpet. And the uh, interviewer, Ebony, she asked, you know, you know, what do you know about Damson? And he did, had no clue. And it went viral, but he'll talk about that, address all that, and we'll talk about Snowfall. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. You know him from Snowfall and a host of other things. His birthday is one day before mine. He's a fellow Virgo. Oh, God. Damson Idris. Welcome, son. How you doing, That's man? Son. Welcome, sir. <laughs> he said son. <laughs> Damn, son. Your son. Damn, son. I didn't, know, I didn't know your birthday was the 1st of September. No, you a day before me. I'm September 3rd. Oh, oh, 3rd. Third. Okay. Third. Yes, okay, a yes. buddy of mine is the 3rd, too. Actually, the showrunner of Snowfall. Really? Dave Andron, really? same birthday. Yeah, Virgo's oh, cool. the best, you know. Absolutely, they had us on New Year's. There you go. Now, now, the first thing you said was, "I love New York because I love Jamaican culture." Yeah. <laughs> what do you love so much about Jamaican culture, and what what do you love? Obviously, the food, jerk chicken, yeah. oxtail. Yeah. I'm an oxtail guy. Oh, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, oxtail. Actually, I like to dabble in both. I, I like to steal food from whoever I'm eating with. Um, plantains. Do you guys say plantain or plantain? I say plantain. I say plantain. I feel like that's the right way to say it. I feel I, like I was saying it wrong my listen, whole life. 
you had to switch through all different times of ways to say, different kinds of ways to say things so oh yeah yeah that's that's a part of my life <laughs> impersonating people you don't have amazing jamaican restaurants in, in london or, or in la where you, where you shoot no Nah, there's none, man. Not at all. Out here, I, I like Miss Lilies. Miss okay. Lilies. Um, I actually wrote. Lilies. I actually wrote on a gram yesterday. I was like, oh, where could I go? People said, um, footprints. Oh, footprints that's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Footprints is good. Yes. Look, first of all, the best Caribbean food is in Brooklyn. We got footprints. We got suede. We got um, Caribbean social. We have. This is New York. There's. We have Tilly. Oh, we oh, have the grill. grill. One called the Grill. The yeah. Grill. Yeah. Yes. So. There's another one as well. I can't remember what the other one's called, but I'm going to try all of it today. That's can't impossible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you talking about how John Singleton told you to stay humble, though, amongst everything. Yeah. yeah, for people that don't know, the first time we actually met you, you were up here with John Singleton. Yeah. He mm -hmm. don't remember you, though, Envy. Yeah, he definitely remembers. He's like, this is the first time I met you in the press. <laughs> I said, I met you when John Singleton was here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, light skin, it's all right. Oh, man. No, no, no. There's a couple light skin guys in the DSS. Okay. Right. You're in there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so how has that been for you, though? Because, obviously, Snowfall is such a huge show. You guys are in the fifth season. Yeah. We've watched Franklin grow up, and he has got a lot of big things happening. But in real life, you've grown up, too, and your star has grown up as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a testament to John Singleton. You know, he really believed in me. And although I fought for the role like crazy, I auditioned like nine times. Mm -hmm. You know, he took me to South Central, opened up the car door and said, if you survive, you got the role. And I was like walking around, had to be in character. So um, you walked around South Central? Oh yeah. How was that? Break down character. that experience. <laughs> Man, so I get to John Singleton's office and I think I'm gonna read the, the I'm gonna audition, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, like audition number eight or something like that. And then he's like, yeah, no, we're not going to read anything. We're just going to take a walk. So we're walking around and he's like, don't break character. And he's introducing me to people. And, you know, Singleton was like God in his community. Like people mm -hmm. would be like, yo, John, mm -hmm. you know, and then they'd come up to me, talking to me. They're like, yo, what's up, little homie? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm just pretending like that I'm from there. Um, and then his mom came and, you know, I'm, I'm British, so. I'm saying a bunch of British stuff in an American accent. But he didn't know you were British, right? Oh, no, he knew. Right. He knew. Oh, okay. Like, he what wanted were you me saying? to. What stay. were you saying? What kind of British stuff were you saying? You know, like, you guys say, like, elevate, I say lift. You know, mm -hmm. okay. you guys say Ben, you guys say trash, I say Ben. Plantain. Plantain. Exactly. So I'm talking in an American accent, and his mom comes, like, oh, how lovely your hair looks today. I'm just going to go over there and throw something in the bin. And she looks over at John and she's like, uh, John, he ain't from here, huh? <laughs> I was like, man, mom just took this role from though? me. Were you scared walking around South Central? I wasn't scared, man. I was with John. You yeah, know, that was my big good. brother. Mm -hmm. you know? that, that was my big brother, man. I miss him greatly. But as far as I get in this in this industry and on this journey, I'm always going to honor Singleton for being my foundation. Well, let's talk about the new season. Yeah. So you're also producing oh, yeah. on the new season. How did that come about? I, I forced them. To, to give me a producer credit. No, um, you know, when, you, when you've been doing this show for so long, you, you pick up different traits, but at the same time, you want to be challenged. And my circles um, are so bossy today that they inspire me to want to be more of a leader. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. It's like, if you're hanging around with certain types of people, having certain types of conversations, and they're like, yo, bro, you should go and... And then you ask and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. 
you know, I've been watching the Yay doc, you know, and mm-hmm. Hove was like, you know, Clo- closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, it's true, you know, ask and you shall receive. And, and I asked and, and they gave it to me. And, you know, above all things, I'm not the, I'm not saying my level of producing is at the level of my acting ability. Um, my acting ability is quite horrible. Um, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying I'm being a sponge and I'm, I'm being given an opportunity to learn so that I could use my platform and my brand to create more opportunities. Now you play a, a, a crack cocaine dealer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult was that learning that? Because you, you're young, so crack, it really affected me and you, our age group. Growing up as kids, we would see crack pipes everywhere. We would see he, crack he vials did that to you. I know, I was like, wait a minute. It did. You, you guys gonna let him do you that? You see crack pipes and crack vials all over the place in Brooklyn? Not all over the place, no. Well, in Queens, <laughs> it was all over the place. It was very, very big, very, <laughs> very affected. I got family members affected by it and all that. Mm. So how did you prepare for learning that role? Wow. Well, I'm from Peckham in London, which is the South Central equivalent, in my opinion. Um, single, mm-hmm. you know, single parents, you know, Broken homes, dads in jail, mm-hmm. um, police brutality, racism, and drugs. Mm. You know, drugs was a major factor of my upbringing and my community. Everyone around me was involved. You so, sold drugs at all? No. Um, no. So, 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 <laughs> so, 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 so what are you doing here? This guy is crazy. Everybody, might Dancing, just the keep going. I'm, I'm just sorry. asking. I apologize. <laughs> So, oh my God. so, so when well, I, that's MVP ever sold drugs. Uh, have you ever? No, sold? you haven't. I've scammed, but no drugs. You, you, my you pops is a, a, re, a retired <laughs> police officer, so there was no drugs ever coming in my crib. Okay, okay, yeah, but, he would have been you know, on you. No, I never. never. <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, so basically, I just, just preparing for the role was interesting. There's so much history, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, on this drug and. And the thing I love about the show, particularly season five, is I'm not sure if you guys are aware about the, the Lem Bias case. I was just reading about that because I didn't know it was a real person. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was a basketballer in Maryland University mm-hmm. in 1986. And essentially, his unfortunate overdose uh, created a snowball effect uh, in America with the Clinton administration. Is basically how Clinton even became president in the first place mm-hmm. and they introduced uh, mandatory minimums right so all these mandatory laws of you know the pri- um, getting caught with a, like a gram of a gram of crack was the same as 100 grams of, co- of cocaine and what that essentially did was it broke up the American African-American household Absolutely. and that's why so many fathers were gone and that's why we see what we see today and the show season five starts with that um, correlating to Franklin having there in a hundred million dollars now I'm um, living the high life beautiful place to live Be- the penthouse mm-hmm. um, Jerome and Louis are on horses Leon's like a Franklin in his own right a and boss the, girlfriend and, exactly mm-hmm. uh, loyal um, so you're seeing him enjoying this lifestyle like so many people in the 80s did but then you're seeing the demise of a community you're seeing people like Wanda Bell trying to find a sense of redemption after everything that she's been through Mm -hmm. from being addicted to this drug. Singleton would say, you know, that black people have been affected in many ways, but crack cocaine was the only thing that made black mothers leave their children. Mm. Wow. Um, So that it's a deep thing, man. All right, we got more with Damson Idris from Snowfall when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Damson Idris. You know him from Snowfall. Yee, 
Now, Franklin's trying to go legit. And mm. we know how hard that is to do, especially when you have so many things in your past that are always going to be catching mm. up to you. And having a baby on the way, too. Yeah. That's a big deal because you have to do anything you can at all means possible to make sure that you take care of this child that's on the way. You've made yeah. a commitment yeah. to do that with your girlfriend. I was thinking about this. For some reason, I don't really trust her. And I know we're only <laughs> two episodes in. He has bad experiences with, with women. women. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and he so does. for that reason, I'm like, what is about to happen? Wow. So my backstory with Veronique's character is essentially this. Um, you remember in season three, Franklin kind of took the Mosleys out of that house. Um, he basically kind of conned this old couple out of their bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, so he was taken to court and the person that was their representative was Veronique. Mm -hmm. And they won that case and he kind of fell for her and kind of hired her on his team and wanted to build with her. Something led to another and then boom, now they're together. You know, the show, is this drug trade is a tricky thing. Um, loyalty could could go so quickly when your life is on the line. And your life really is on the line 24-7. So, um, yeah, stick with the show, man. That's all I can say. Keep watching. I just watching. don't trust it. I don't know what it is. Like, Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. Keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watching. Okay, so I might be onto something? You might be onto something. You might not. Oh, well, no. you're a producer, so you should be able to know what's about to happen. Oh, I know everything. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I've seen all, all I can say is we I've seen all episodes. I know, yeah, like, exactly. Twice in there we try to get you <laughs> And then you killed your friend. Yeah. I felt like, okay, White Rob, right? <laughs> I feel like that wasn't necessary, but. you. How, why do you think it wasn't necessary? Because people don't agree with you. I mean, okay, he was a little sloppy and he was telling your business. He told and he dad about, about the CIA? Yeah, yeah. But he could have, I don't know, that's your friend from like when you were young. Franklin's in a different place now. You know, he knows what's important. What's important is his family and the baby he has on the way. And I think a lot of people could relate to that, making horrible decisions. Killing your best friend? I mean, he was going to bring down the whole, well, your friend. bring down the empire. <laughs> yeah, he, he would have. <laughs> he would. He would have brought that. And I was going to ask, you know, a lot of times in real life and not in just movies, you see these drug dealers, they make enough where they can get out. But they can never get out. Yeah, yeah. Is that what's gonna happen to this character? Like, just never get out? Because wow. you always want to see. You want to see the. You you know what they do to the community. You see the money that they make, but you kind of want to see them ride off on that white horse. But yeah, it's never that white horse. That's the game, man. Mm -hmm. That's the game, and that's what we're trying to preach to these kids. Not preach, but just let them know, man. That it's not worth it. It really isn't worth it. That's that's what this show's teaching me. You know, as, if you really look at this season, as much f money as Franklin makes, he's not happy. Mm -hmm. What's the point of doing something? If you know, I act because I'm, it makes me happy. Correct. If it didn't make me happy, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's hopefully what I hope happens with Franklin is there's a redemptive quality to him. You know, he's done some horrible things. Um, I'm hoping by the end of it, he realizes that it wasn't worth it. Uh, and, and hopefully he can redeem himself in some way. I was going to ask, when it comes to uh, American movies, and you know, sometimes people feel that you know, actors that don't live in America, mm. and they take these parts that it's a problem. I, I know mm. when Idris Elba comes up with some parts, it was like, well, he's not American, or mm -hmm. yourself. Do you have a, what, what are your thoughts on those things? Man, I, I think it's a, a, a beautiful conversation because I think it's going to push us forward, and you can't help but acknowledge when a group of people feel a type of way. Um, so it's just about listening, really. Um, I will say I'm an actor, I make believe for a living. So the very concept of my job is to pretend to be something else. 
Um, what I do want to see, though, I want to see more people working in America, in the UK. You know, mm -hmm. I saw Tessa Thompson playing a Brit in a passing. That was fire. Uh, Denzel just did Tragedy at Macbeth. Uh, and there's examples of, of people working in the past. So Viola's about to do A Woman King. Forrest Whitaker played Idi Amin. Mm -hmm. You know, Denzel played a Brit in For Queen and Country. You know, acting is about transformation. I feel like acting is who does the best job. Mm. Doesn't matter who you are. Like, people get caught up in... You know, let's say you have to pay a, a handicapped person, and, and yeah. somebody might say, "Well, a ha there's handicapped actors out there that can take that position." Yeah, yeah. But my thing is, who does the best job at the yeah, part? If yeah. it, if they're from Britain, if they're from Africa, it doesn't matter. Still, Whoever yeah. does the best job, because you're acting, it's a part. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it's it's a story at the end of the day. You mm -hmm. know? The most important thing is that the story is being told. Representation is very key. I'm, I'm not saying representation isn't key. It's very key. Um, but we must realize that so much goes into making movies. This is the movie business. It's not the movie play. You have to make money, <laughs> you know? And, and what's happening now is we're giving people opportunities so that they can um, raise their platform. So say you are a handicapped actor or a transgender actor or whatever, you're able to raise your platform so that you can be in a position to greenlight movies in the future. That's what we're working at today in the industry, which I think is brilliant. Um, but right now, if a movie's ready and a movie's ready to go now and you want to cast someone and Jonathan Majors isn't available and Lakeith Stanfield isn't available and those guys have green light power, but this Brit actor or this African actor has green light power too and they could get bums on the seat, you're going to cast that person. That's how it, that's how it works right. at the top. I, I like to say we're, we're playing at the NBA level of, of acting, you know, no shade to you know smaller projects but when it gets up there the field and the net is a lot wider and people are from different places it's the same in sports you know that's like saying Giannis shouldn't be playing right. <laughs> because he's he's not like it's you know at that level and you need to work to get to that level you know you need to put in the 10,000 hours and so many actors have and what I'm realizing is you know it's a the arrow is being thrown at, at actors who are have found success, but the reason they've found success is because they've been working for so long. Absolutely. Behind the, and you know, that they're finally at a place where they're able to benefit from it. But with me personally, um, I'm just here to, to, to do what makes me happy and to make my mom proud, man. And, and I've done those things. Everything else is a bonus. Um, I, I always tell people, you know, if you, if you don't want to watch the circus, you know, buy tickets for another show, you know, it's, it's no I, shade. There's you know, millions of people who, who love what I do. Um, there's millions of people who, this is a, a small thing, but you know, there's guys in, in jail who hit me up like, yo, bro, you got me through my sentence. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing. Which is why you do it. That's exactly why I do it. Huh? All right, we got more with Damson Idris when we come back. You know him from Snowfall. And don't forget, Charlemagne is out today. So if you want to give Donkey of the Day to somebody, 800-585-1051. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Damson Idris. You know him from Snowfall. Yee, are you still taking piano lessons, or how? Is Whoa, that going? damn! So let's let's break this down. Where were you taking piano <laughs> lessons? Where do we see him playing piano? I don't know. Uh, Juilliard. Juilliard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so no. Where do we see him uh, playing piano, Yee? <laughs> I'm just asking. I saw you were taking piano lessons or something like that. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, did, I did see a video of you. It looked like you were good with your hands. Oh, my was Lord. Was that Sweetie's piano? Wow. <laughs> Who's Sweetie? I don't know. No, no, no. No, um, me and 
Me you're and blushing. that woman. You're blushing. I'm not blushing. You're blushing. I'm not blushing. I know dark skin people I'm, blushing. I'm blushing. nervous. <laughs> no, no. Me and that 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 queen um, are just friends. Um, she she's a great. Piano. I didn't say you guys were. I was just asking about the piano lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's a great piano player, <laughs> and um and I didn't know she could play piano. I didn't even think the world knew. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a cool moment. And I just posted, but like people thought it was. Let me ask you a question. Else. Like you know. I don't know if Angelique you can play the piano because I'm not her, at Actually, her house I t- to learn. Um, I don't know if Taylor, who's over here, our producer, knows. You know, I don't know if she can play the piano. So, you know, how did you get to Sweetie's house to see that she can actually play the piano? So she's a huge Snowfall fan, mm-hmm. right? And um, that day we were at lunch, I think, talking about how we could collaborate because we actually wanted well, to get a her date before. No, it wasn't a date. No, no, work. No. He said guys and talking about collaborating. You know, guys and and girls could be friends. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, that's, I agree with you. That's exactly what me and and, and uh, Dr. We were friends. Okay. All right. So go ahead. So y'all you're on a date eating. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Eating lunch. Yeah, but, but my, dinner. <laughs> so we're having lunch, um, and then. Uh, she wanted to show me um, her new place because I love CB2 and I was going to give her some ideas about furniture mm-hmm. and art. And then, boom, we went and then she was playing the piano. That's it. I was in there for like five minutes and I dipped out. Like, yeah, no doubt. You prove She's a friend. She's a friend of mine. No, that's nice. I mean, of course, you guys knew that was going to make the internet go crazy, though. Yeah. like Because um, people also were like, they would be such a cute couple. Those people would be cute couple. <laughs> but she, she, yeah, she's. But you were in a long term relationship prior to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? What happened with that? Oh boy, this is weird. Woo! You should answer the drug question. This, <laughs> this, this gonna be the one. Oh my god! Ooh, this lever is what? Um, <laughs> um, we're, we're still really close, really good friends. Um, I was with her for, for for a very long time. I met her when I was 18 years old. Um. Who knows, man? Who knows what could happen in the future? You know, mm-hmm. She's very much still in my life. Um, we talk like every single day. It's so funny. You know, people struggle to um, keep relationships with their exes. But I am at a place in my life now where I, everyone I meet, I want them to be in my life forever. Mm-hmm. Because I realized so many people are coming into my life, taking my energy, hearing my dreams, hearing my stories, and then... They're gone. And now they're telling that to the world. Um, so I want people to stay in my life so I can keep that loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I made that decision with her, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that's a woman that I'm going to know um, forever. So regardless of what happens in my love life, every relationship just has to deal with that. Did Yo. she call you and say, hey, yes. a word, Saweetie's piano, dot, dot, dot. Did you get that text? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I, like we no. That's she's she's cool. She's she's an amazing woman. She's cool. She understands. She's a grown you woman. Talk, you also talk about that uh, Denzel is your idol as far as acting. Oh yeah. So when you see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess up the young lady's name. But when you see the young lady uh, interviewing Denzel and she mentions your name, mm-hmm. and he didn't know who you were. Break that down when you seen it and how you felt. Like you watch the TV, be like, oh Denzel. And he was like, "Who, who that is?" And then he asked the white guy. The white guy's like, "Oh, I don't, know. Oh, I, don't I don't know who that is." No, it was, it was insane. So I was at home, um, and my phone's. Is that your house or, or Sweetie's house? Wow! I'm at my house. Okay, your house. So I'm at my house. By yourself? By myself. All right, just asking. Yeah, by myself. <laughs> and my phone's like blowing up, and it's like a, a bunch of articles and stuff like that, and people are calling me. And I was like, yo, uh, Denzel's like talking about you. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, 
So then, um, yeah, the, he he didn't know who I was. <laughs> and he called he me Batson address. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was funny, though. Yeah, it's an address. That was funny. But, hey, man, like, it's a new day, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it's a new day. And, you know, you could bash, uh, you know, getting notoriety through social media. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a lot of my kind of existence has been on that through my work and just through just being mm-hmm. me. Um, uh, and some people from the past still don't respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but look what social media has done for so many people today. Absolutely. We have to start moving in the direction of the future. But above all things and all of that noise, Denzel Washington is my idol. He's like a god to me. Um, and I will never have anything bad to ever say about did you Great. ever uh, get up with him after that? Did you ever speak? Because I'm sure people try. To, I'm sure people try to put y'all together. I'm sure there's people that he knows that you know that was like. No, I've not. I haven't seen him, but um, I, I like to fantasize that he's at home watching Snowfall. <laughs> like, let me find that, out. Oh, that boy, good. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> but, uh, because of how much people talked about it, I'm sure it made him feel like, damn, I should know who he is. That's hopefully, because it was out. it was crazy. I will say though, you know, to journalists, when you present a new actor or a new musician or someone you like like to some of these these giants Seasons, uh-huh. please present them in the right way she presented me like i was i all day i'm in my living room topless <laughs> like, <laughs> like so he's like social media is cute but do the work i'm like been doing like the i'm work. working he, he sir. but for, for just just to you know so he knows i remember when little wayne when they were asking little wayne about new artists and Lil Wayne was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And people were getting on him like, he's one of the biggest artists. Lil Wayne was like, yo, I'm in my own bubble. Yeah. I'm in my own world. Yeah, yeah. And people got on him. And it could be the same thing. He could be in his own world. And like you said, he doesn't know. But I'm sure he knows now. I'm sure after this, he did his homework. He had to. Yeah, man. I I, I would hope so. And like I said, man, he, he is just fantastic. You know, he's a, a great example of, of class, good taste, prestige. Uh, and that's the... That's the essence. And y'all never met before. Never met him. No. What's next for you? What is it? What is some roles that you want to do? Wow. Is this something that you like? I would love to do that role. Like that's my dream role. Is it an action figure? Is something it this, musical. Is it I, I I love playing real people. So I'd I'd love to play uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Sidney Poitier, Fela mm-hmm. Kuti. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually I, I don't know I don't know am I allowed to say I don't. Uh, so, do you know who Rich Paul is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about to play Rich Paul. Really? Yeah. Really? Rich Paul, the agent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, do I know who Rich Paul is? Wait, do you have... <laughs> he has a show, come, uh, something about him coming out, or it's in something where Rich Paul is a character? No. Does he? No, I'm asking you. It's something where he's... Does he? I don't know. you. Yeah. No, he, I, him. I, don't, I don't think he has a show coming out, but he's a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and... There's people behind this window like, why did you say that? <laughs> but um, he called me. He was like, tell the world. And I'm, I, I think we should. It's time we start cherishing uh, black moguls. You I know? agree. And Rich is someone that people need to know. I this guy has completely changed the game. Uh, I'm, I'm happy and fortunate to call him a big brother. And I can't wait to honor his story. That's great. He actually, right here, approached LeBron in the airport selling jerseys. Exactly. I know his story. That's crazy. And that's how they met each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's now insane. he's like, and then he's, a, as a black sports agent, he yeah. gets looked at in a completely different way. The white sports agents were so angry that he was able to come in and get like the biggest yeah. NBA player. Yeah. That'll yeah. be a good story. It's going to be amazing, man. And, um, and I, I'm I, really I agree. Excited. We should start telling the stories now while they're alive. Then the, yeah. 
I, I just hate sometimes when we wait till somebody passes away to tell that story. Yeah. Like you want to give them their flowers now. What he's done for and how he's changed, like you said, the NBA and, and the sports agencies is just really amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Remember beautiful. they tried to make it so that you had to be um like a certain amount of classes. Well, yeah, it was one year whole in college or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need because yeah. and it was really based on him. Yeah. They didn't yeah. want him he to have the power he had. Completely transformed the game. And it's funny, I was at the, the Super Bowl. I was jumping from sweet to sweet. Um Yeah, we saw. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and I I was with him, Kevin, and Braun too. And you know, I'm I'm just completely inspired by those people. Like I say, my, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in some really good circles, man. I'm learning. But Damson has to leave now. Oh, man. Damson All right, good. I would try to get a couple of spoilers out of you. but I know. You're really good, though. But I, I think I did well. But we appreciate you for joining us, brother. Bless and, you. And no, we really do, yes. Good luck with everything, man. I love the fact that you're producing. I can't wait to see what else you have coming up. Um, just because we met you so like a few years ago, and yeah. I think it's just amazing to see where you are and where the show is now. And a large part of that is because of you. So. Wow, man, that means so much, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's Damson Idris. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Laverne Cox co-hosted the E-Red Carpet ahead of the SAG Awards that happened on Sunday. And people were upset about this question that she asked Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith on the red carpet. Thank you for all the years of joy you've brought us. Thank you. We can't wait for more Red Table Talk and more more entanglements. And <laughs> no more entanglements. No more entanglements. Now, people were saying that it was tacky, that she would ask that on the red carpet and say that to them and uh, tell that type of joke. And here's how she responded on her Instagram Live. So I've been thinking about it and I've been, you know, I'm like, okay, let's, I, if no one is above, no one is above critique, I like to hold myself accountable. So the thing is, for me, I love Red Table Talk. I love Red Table Talk and I love what the Smiths have done with Red Table Talk. And I think my error is that I had so many things I wanted to say to the Smiths and we didn't have time. I, there was some probably someone in my ear saying we needed to rap. You know, my intent was not to mock or make fun of, but obviously I understand there's a difference between intent and impact. There's nothing but love though. So she said, it's not an apology. She said, if the Smiths need an apology from me, I'll do it privately. I mean, I love I love this. I love when celebrities uh, interview celebrities and they get into this. But what Laverne Cox Why did, do you love that? Because what she did wasn't wrong. Like, she is interviewing and something popped up and she can talk about it. She can make about it a joke about it. But Laverne Cox also has to understand when people do the same to her, she has to understand where it comes from as well. But I don't see a problem with it. She did. I mean, it was funny. It got viral. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know. And we don't know if they were um, offended by it or not. But I will say red carpet is different from other interviews because it is supposed to be all like fun and upbeat as people are going to celebrate. They always tell you. They are. Don't be negative or don't do mm -hmm. anything, you know, on the red carpet that could kind of mess up the mood. Correct. The, yeah. The questions I ask, we ask here at the Breakfast Club is not the same questions. Right. I when you do when a sit down interview, it's definitely different than being on the red carpet. But if, as a celebrity, when you go to do these interviews, sometimes you never know what somebody's going to say and you got to accept it. You, you know, th th this is your life. You put your life out there. So people have the right to ask, to joke, to make a, a funny. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But red carpet etiquette is just different than it is. other things. It's it quick is. and agree. it's fun.
Agreed. All right. Mary J. Blige is executive producing Real Love. It's a, a Real Love inspired Lifetime movie. So I am so excited uh, for that. So as we all know, Real Love was a song from 1992. Can you believe it was that long ago? Long from time. the What's the 411 album, one of my favorite songs. And according to the Lifetime, the project is a coming of age romantic drama where Kendra sets off on her own for the first time to a college in upstate New York determined to focus on her studies. But when she meets her film class partner, Ben, she tries her hardest to keep things professional despite (laughs) disapproving parents, financial hardship, and competition for the top spot in class. Kendra and Ben find themselves falling hard for each other. All right, ye. And ultimately learn the meaning of real love. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait to see it. And shout out to our girl Ashana. She's one of the um, producers for it too. Shout out to Ashana. Ashana gets busy. Ashana hit me the other day. What up, Ashana? Did she hit your heart? No. You deserve she, it. No, she needed uh, my kids to do something for Nickelodeon um, and she was reaching out to make sure that they were straight. So shout out to Ashana and Tina. All right. Well, that is your rumor reports. All right. Now, up next. Donkey of the Day. Charlemagne is out. So if you want to give somebody Donkey of the Day, 800 585 1051. You can give him Donkey of the Day. Up next is the Why Breakfast Club. Why is everybody saying we deserve it? I don't know. Why do we deserve it? Mm. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. As the largest black owned bank, One United Bank knows you. They have your back with two-day early pay, unapologetically black Visa debit cards with no monthly fee and a highly rated mobile app. Join One United Bank at OneUnited.com today and spread the word. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for Donkey of the Day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If you feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sleep <laughs> say out his mouth. Just gotta say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like... I mean no harm. Hello, who's this? This is Leslie. How are you? Hey, Leslie. Good morning. Who is this, DJ Envy? Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm sorry, but I want to give the Breakfast Club the donkey of the day. We'll take it. Give us a donkey of the day. What we do? Because y'all try to stiff that family up that $5,000 for that change for change. Oh, see, this is the thing. I, I seen that yesterday. I had no what idea happened? what they talk about. So I guess during Change for Change, let me explain how Change for Change I don't even works. Know what happened. I, I'll take the donkey. I mean, I work for the station. So we'll, we'll do the Change for Change. So Change for Change, uh, people call up and they ask, you know, they, they submit why they want, you know, why they need help. And then uh, the people, not the Breakfast Club, people that work here at iHeart, they go through each one and they find out the different people that they want to give money to. And I believe that guy was picking, was chose to give $5,000, correct? Yes. Right. And I guess he was chosen and he never got his $5,000. Ooh. Oh, you was mentioned to Angela. I know, but I don't know what happened. I'm hearing this yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll take a deep dive and find out where that man's $5,000 is. Uh, no, he got it. Oh, so why? Oh, so, so what's why? the donkey no. for? Because he had to get the news station on y'all. That's why. Oh, he got the news station on us? That's crazy. Well, I, you know, we, I, I'll be How honest. Did, we uh, to, that's embarrassing. We had nothing to do with it. It's, it's, it's very embarrassing. But um, I'm glad he did get his money. Because we don't though. even touch that money. Yeah, or we don't see even it. touch it. It's not like we get the money and then we break it down. No, that goes uh, straight to Let me to Google us. I heart corporate. Change change. But I love y'all anyway. I listen to y'all every morning. Up. But Damn. he got his money. Somebody hit me yesterday. I had no idea what they was talking about. Yep. Listen, all I know is Envy probably bought a house with that nah, somewhere. You know we didn't get that money. Google it, though. Uh, look it up. Envy pro- probably was side. like, yo, I flipped that money. 
Hello, who's this? <gasps> Hello. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Good morning, yes. I'm calling to give Donkey of the Day. Yes, ma'am. Who you want to give Donkey of the Day to? Unfortunately, Envy, I got to give Donkey of the Day to you and your little Yee. Why is it, why is it Lil Yee? Big Yee. Yeah, who's Lil Yee? I said Angela, Angela Yee. I didn't say little. Oh, okay. Okay, why you want to give us Donkey, mama? Okay, I'm sorry. Angela, I'm going to go for you. I love you guys first of all. Let me get that out there. I'll listen to you every day. But, Angela, white boy Rob had to go <laughs> on um, Snowfall. You are heartless. So you would kill your friend from childhood? No. Childhood friend. The boy turns into a cracker. He couldn't help it. But he's selling crack. No, well, whatever he was doing, he was ahead. He was a fiend. But but imagine Franklin out here heading up the largest crack cocaine distribution, and you're going to kill your friend for getting hooked on the same stuff you selling? Because he's going to bring us down, mama. He's going to bring us down. He's got to go because he's going to choose that over me. Let me tell you something. You are heartless and ruthless. I'm giving you donkey of the day. No, no, no. Oh, no, don't take my donkey. The next donkey, DJ Envy. I'm sorry, I have to run with Charlemagne on this. That was some beige, bougie-ish talking about, oh, my dad's a police officer. I'm not around any of that drug. <laughs> no, I said my dad's a police officer. I never sold drugs. I never sold no drugs. That's an even better reason to sell drugs. Go back to the case. You said I was never really around on any of that. No. I wasn't. The point is, my dad, in the area I live in, my dad was one of the first black police officers in, in our neighborhood. We have a lot of credibility, yes, I know. But, however, in our family, my dad didn't allow it. Things went down, probably because he was a police officer. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> but I probably, and being the youngest, I probably saw more stuff than I was supposed to because my dad was a police officer. I just wanted to put that out there. But I do love you guys. And I love you too. Now, <laughs> I was just saying, my dad's a police officer, so my dad used to check my drawers. He used to check my uh, under the bed, my car. Well, so you should have had a stash spot to I put it do, in. You no would have got up. Your drugs. dad's a police officer. That's, right. That's even That's a better reason. You and your dad could... You're, you and your dad could have been... Because ain't nobody coming to look over here. Right. You could have been running-ish with your dad in Queens. Nah, and, my dad wasn't playing that. My dad would have locked me up if I was selling drugs. <laughs> you could have been the kingpin. Of course. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Donkey of the day. 800-585-1051. I'm watching this seven on Evan, your side. Evan, you missed your calling. I'm watching this seven on your side. Woo! I'm glad he got his money, though. But they had nothing to do with me. They said they tried to contact him three times. Mm-mm-mm. Donkey of the day. <laughs> Both things. 800-585-1051. When we come back, Erica Alexander and Rebecca Howard will be joining us. They have a new podcast, Fine and Tamika, to tell us all about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Usually we do Ask Yee here, but today we got some special guests joining us. We have Erica Alexander and Rebecca Howard. Now, they have a new podcast called Finding Tamika out. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Good morning, Charlamagne. What I love about Erica is that you're doing big things, but you came in and congratulate us on what we have going on. Absolutely. Like, I'm trying to keep up with y'all. Uh-uh. Setting you're, the world on fire, all the things that you've accomplished, but also, you know, being in the Hall of Fame, the radio. That's a big deal. And to have done it so young and keep doing things, especially for the community and all that you represent, 
I say thank you because it's really a phenomenal thing to watch. Thank you. And us being young is subjective. Okay, it depends on like me. <laughs> I, you know, hey, it's all good. And you guys are healthy, so that's good. Well, y'all are here to talk uh finding Tamika. Yeah. What what is what is finding Tamika? Well, we have the great uh Rebecca Howard here and she'll tell you why finding Tamika matters. But finding Tamika is an audible original series um produced by SBH Productions, that's you and Kevin Hart mm-hmm. and Color Farm Media, that's me and Rebecca and um, David Persons and Ben Arnon and Molten Hearts, um, James T. Green. It's about Tamika Houston. Tamika Houston went missing in Spartanburg, South Carolina Mm -hmm. in 2004. She was nearly 25 years old. What's unique about her story is she became the poster child for what Gwen Ifill calls missing white women syndrome. Why? Because at the time, Rebecca Howard who is her aunt and also has a background and skill set in publicity, could not get the national publicity that she deserved for her ne- her niece. And she made stink about it. And she basically also, the, the two women who started the Black and Missing uh, foundation. foundation, one of them came from Spartanburg. And so she became not only the poster child, but I think the reason why things started to change on what the Black community could do about it. Yeah, I read this stat, and it was nuts to me, uh, Rebecca, and you can speak to this, that 30% of people missing are of color and only 7% receive media coverage? Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's like if you were to just watch the coverage that we've seen over the years, you would think there was like an epidemic of missing, young missing white women in this country. Mm-hmm. And for, for I think, a number of years, they, the particularly the cable uh, networks, they found a formula that worked. And they saw when they covered these cases like a Natalie Holloway or a Lacey Peterson. And we saw it really recently with Gabby Petito. Mm-hmm. When they covered these cases like they were soap operas with constant updates and little twists and turns, they saw, you know, people were engaging online. People were tuning into these stories. So that worked for them. And they kept doing it, which is, you know, I always say those women, their families miss them and love them just as much as I love Tamika. They certainly deserve their stories to be told, but not to the exclusion of my niece and other women and girls who look like Tamika. And that's the roadblock that I, you know, ran into. And I think there was a naivete on my part when my beautiful niece went missing. And I knew that my background is in PR. I had the media contacts. I had the skill set. I knew what to do, but I was met with silence and I wasn't getting any phone calls back. Like, I was shocked. Again, I think I was naive and thinking like, hey, I see these stories out here. Surely my niece's, you know, Tamika's story is just as engaging and people will care, but they did not. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't until, you know, several months of me, you know, doing this and doing this. And I think the only responses that I was getting was from black media. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, Russ Parr Morning Show. And these are people because I had relationships with with them. Tom Mm -hmm. Joyner. Um, Black Legend America Web, yes. you know, like Legend, yeah. they they were they were covering it, and, but beyond that, outside of our community, I couldn't get anything. What were the police saying? Because I always hear stories about how they're like, oh, well, maybe she ran away, or maybe this. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I, I know that that's that's very common. That I think that happens a lot, particularly more so in the black community. I think that there is, unfortunately, with police, oftentimes there is. Um, some sort of preconceived notion that they've, you know, they may be involved in criminal activity or, you know, certainly is like a runaway problem. I would say I think I was fortunate with the police in Spartanburg. Um, 
after initially, I would say maybe the the first couple of phone calls, there was kind of that hesitancy. But I would, I, I got on a plane. I live in Miami. I got in a plane, flew to uh, South Carolina, and I went and sat in their office. I was like, I'm not leaving until I get a media release put out by you all because the media, even local media, didn't want to hear it from me. They wanted to make sure that it was an active police investigation. So I was fortunate in that my persistence, I think, paid off, but also I just I think I was blessed with investigators who were um, sympathetic to this case and, and did do right by us and, and Tamika and, this, and our family. And that's not, I know, always the case. I know you said uh, black media played a big role. I was reading that uh, MSNBC's Tiffany Cross played yes. a big role as well. Yes. It's wild because, <laughs> again, America's Most Wanted was one of my first targets. Um, and I was writing, I was even faxing. This is back, you know, this is 2004. We're still using fax machines. I'm faxing, not getting anywhere with uh, the executive producer of the show. And somehow or another, I didn't know Tiffany, but it came across, you know, her desk and it resonated with her. Again, Tiffany will say, you know, Tamika, I look at her picture, she looks like me. She looks my, you know, she could be me. She could be one of my cousins. And that's another thing why representation, representation in media mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. And she told, you know, her producer, her senior producer, hey, I, this story matters. Let me do this story. Let me go to Spartanburg. Let me, you know, tell Tamika's story. And she did. And, um, you know, she was a young field producer at the time. And um, I really was thankful for her because actually getting Tamika's case on America's Most Wanted led to one of the biggest breaks that we had in the case. We got a phone call in from a young woman who happened to see it and she wow. could describe the, the crime scene, the room crime in scene. which Tamika was, was killed. Wow. Yeah, she was like, put two and two together. She had, you know, been in that space and... She it, called to tell them that they had dressed it wrong. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's basically like, yeah, the way it you looked. You find out yeah, in the audio that series, she's yeah. also uh, 15 years old. Wow. So, yeah, yeah plot mm-hmm. thickens. Yeah. Like, why would she know? Yeah. So it, it matters. It's not just the it's It's not as loved ones of the missing. We just, I don't want attention on myself. I don't, you know, this is not anything that you'd wish on your worst enemy, but it matters because these not only do you get you may get tips that we got um it also puts pressure on the police who are investigating That's right. if you have cnn msnbc calling if you have national reporters calling you to ask where this what the status is on that case not only in the investigators the investigators feel the pressure but their bosses you know the, the chief of the police department there is pressure put you know brought to bear and we've seen that recently in in many cases you know, once the media gets involved and there's, you know, now with social media, mm-hmm. if, if if people care and they feel as though they have something greater to answer to, it matters. That's one of the reasons why social media has been a benefit, I would say. It's yeah. leveled the playing field somewhat, a I little. Was, I, I do think so. I didn't have that, you know, in 2004, we weren't, we had none of that. But I absolutely agree. It's so much easier, I think, to kind of get traction, you know, um, nowadays. Yeah, this Absolutely. stuff is kind of a narcotic. If you think about it, there are people who dig, you know, the blood and guts of this type of thing. Mm. But if you put a white, blonde face on it, especially young, like they did with John Benet Ramsey, mm-hmm. for 20 years we've been dealing with that addiction mm-hmm. to that little girl's death. Um, but that's just a symptom of a larger problem. You know, um, the damsel in distress and people who are vulnerable, the most vulnerable, 
are not often um, portrayed as black or people mm-hmm. of color. And you're seeing that with the indigenous people. But that's a that's a huge issue. All right, we got more with Erica Alexander and Rebecca Howard. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Erica Alexander and Rebecca Howard. They have a new podcast called Finding Tamika. It focuses on the disappearance and murder of Tamika Houston. What are the, what are the positive emotions that, that a project like this does? Get to be on The Breakfast Club <laughs> and talk to... <laughs> Mm-hmm. a whole mess of people who this has probably happened to. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been a lot of talk and projects lately about it, and I'm glad for it. There can't be enough of them. The truth is there are a lot of people out there suffering that don't know what to do, and they need to know that they're not only not alone, but there are foundations now and resources in place, and they're getting better at it, but we all need to support it. That's one thing um, to talk about. The other thing is it tells on us. It's a warning for us all. If we don't do anything about this, all of us, everyone, that's not a white and black thing. That's not a gender thing. We're doomed because I believe great civilizations are, You, I think how you're judged is your ability to protect the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's often women and children, but that's also trans. It's anybody that's vulnerable. And if you don't, it doesn't mean that you're just under distress. I think your demise and your destruction is near. If you cannot do that, then you cannot be a so-called empire. Mm. What about you, Rebecca? How does the project, what's the positive emotions this brings out of you? One of the things we talk about in, in the series is Tamika's presence is, is still around. It's still felt. And um, it's very much, the, you know, the case. And I think through doing this, it made me feel her again in a way that I don't think that I felt that presence probably from, you know, around the time she was... Um, you know, when she was still missing, it was a 15-month-long period. And then she was very present shortly thereafter. Like, um, I became pregnant with twins. And she was very much, like, present then. So, but it had been very, uh, several years kind of since I felt that. And I felt it again. And that felt good, you know. Because mm-hmm. I think over time, uh, you know, memories start to fade a little bit. Or it just becomes, you know, more and more distant um, when you lose someone like that. But it just felt good to have her kind of like around again Mm -hmm. and that's how Tamika is she's very present and she kind of I feel like she straddles between these worlds and um with messages with but she very much had her hand I think on this project too. most definitely that um, and unfortunately that scared the the living daylights out of me well I'm listen my father was a preacher I'm not particularly religious myself but I'm very spiritual I believe that there are many things you cannot explain and after we did the interviews, I was frightened to death. Not only with the overwhelming issue, well, I wanted to be responsible toward the family. And when you really have empathy for somebody, you want to make sure you do it right. You don't, you, you say all the what ifs happen and you realize that you're stepping into something that's not just a bunch of interviews and you're gathering things. You're now a part of it mm. and you're accepting that burden. And to accept it means to also acknowledge that I could feel the presence of Tamika still in this space but I asked her I said look you're probably here and that's fine please don't reveal any more of yourself to me because I've got a job to do and I can't be overwhelmed with that because I'm a person who that will distract and I was just telling her that I had a a limit and I think that we had a a cool thing I mean came to an agreement (laughs) yeah I went and got some crystals I called Reverend Barber 
I said, Reverend Barber, I'm feeling a certain kind of way. He counseled me. He told me what he thought about this and how to handle it. And then James T. Green, who was uh, the sound and executive producer on this and the co-writer, he said sometimes he would feel Tamika's hands on his shoulder, just on his shoulder. He happened to have a cousin, Chanicia, who passed away. I shouldn't say passed away, disappeared. And so he was doing it for to say her name. But he said, Erica, I sometimes feel Tamika on my shoulder. But he was all right with that. I said, I I know she could be there, but please don't put don't massage me. I'm good, you know. And and truly, she was a ghost that was talking to these people mm-hmm. and telling them them things. Well, I would have to assume, Rebecca, she's done that for you as well. Like a lot of times when, you know, you decided to pick up the phone to call certain people, you might have felt the guiding force. It's 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 interesting because Tamika actually, sometimes I don't know if some people are more receptive to receiving those types of messages because I feel things, but I think I'm very irrational, like thinker, yeah. and I doubt it a lot. So I may hear something in my head, but I'm like... Maybe that's me willing, you know, I, I'm trying to make a conversation happen. So I, I'm, I'm less inclined to believe that it's actually her. Tamika actually took, and we, we, we talk about this in the series, took to getting messages through to a complete stranger, an older retired woman in, you know, South Carolina, never met her in her life. She started giving this woman messages, not only for the police to help with the investigation, but eventually after we found Tamika, um, and, uh, you know, I think like the case was getting her murder was getting ready to go to trial. She started giving me personal messages about myself, about, you know, my pregnancy. I was having a difficult pregnancy and so forth. It, messages that no one would have, the you know, no, this woman was a stranger, had no reason to know. So I think she she'll get through to you the way that she can get through to you. So because it wasn't coming through directly. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it's interesting. Yeah. She's she became an ancestor. She, she yeah, really she, did. She, she, yeah, and she had something wrong. more to say. Yeah. It, it wasn't about the murder and the death. It was about her life, which is really what this is. And we don't see it as a celebration of just her life. We see it also as telling her story, the truth of who she was. She was a complicated individual, three-dimensional, with flaws and everything. Mm-hmm. As we and all are. As we all are. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the problem is, if you make a person three-dimensional, they may not look for them because they'll say, well, look, they deserve it. That type of thing. So you try to put them in the best light as possible. You see, as black people in brown, we're always trying to find the best picture because they'll find the worst pictures of... You have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You know, know. breast is is out and all that. Oh, look how she was. Right. So we're always trying to navigate how we see and how we're portrayed. The thing is that she very clearly, I felt, was like, tell them everything. Tell them as well as you can everything. So I'm three-dimensional, but I also can... I think she wanted to speak to her responsibility and accountability and having gotten herself in that position. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was brave. Finding Tamika is available right now uh, on Audible. It's narrated by the beautiful voice you've been hearing in here <laughs> for the past 40 minutes. Uh, Miss Erica, Alexander, Rebecca, thank you for, for, for coming and just thank, thank you, you for, for being here. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for not just for not stopping the fight. Thank you for continuing the fight. Thank you. Thank so you much. very much. Thank you. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. I hate you. I hate you. Damn, MB, relax. The song, I hate you. Scissor. Okay, it just sounds, you know, 
aggressive. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk candy. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, let's get ready for Candy Burris's new show, Candy and the Gang. That's coming on this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. But in the meantime, she's been doing press uh, around her new show, and she's been talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta, of course. And she had hinted before that she had issues with somebody and clashed with someone on the show. She didn't say who it was, but on Daily Blast Live, here's what she had to say. Marlo and I, we had some real serious oh. beef. Ooh. Um, that happened this year. It was crazy. I wasn't expecting it because I was really one of the main people who were, you know, rooting for her to get her peach. And I did not think that we would have that type Mm. of a falling out. But we were able to fix it. You know, I don't want to say, you know, it's not like we're still in a bad place. But at that time, I I wasn't sure if we were going to come back from it, you know? Mm. All right. Something to look forward to. On Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Now, Jennifer Hudson is going to be hosting a daytime talk show on Fox Stations, and that is going to start in fall of 2022. Okay. She said, I've experienced so much in my life. I've seen the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, and just about everything in between. But as my mother always told me, once you think you've seen it all, just keep on living. People from around the world have been a part of my journey from the beginning 20 years ago, and I'm so ready to join their journey as we sit down and talk about the things that inspire and move us all. Okay, congratulations to her. It first went into development last November, so it will debut not long after the Ellen DeGeneres show signs off in the spring. All right, BET has announced a Murder, Inc. documentary series. It's a five-part television event called Murder, Inc., and it will explore the untold tale of the rise, fall, and redemption of one of hip-hop's most iconic labels and its founder and CEO, Irv Gotti. So yeah. that will premiere this summer. That's going to be interesting. I mean, they got stories. I mean, if they get into it, you know, the court case, all the artists, how they broke their artists, all the stuff that Irv's produced. I mean, it's going to be interesting. All right. Now, speaking of documentaries, they are going to be doing Gifted and Black, and that is going to follow the journey of Versus. So get ready for that. Um, Amazon Studios Mm -hmm. and Hillman Grab Productions and Good Trouble Studios are partnering for this feature-length documentary. And as you know, um, Lena Waithe is Hillman Grab Productions, so she'll be producing under that alongside Swizz and Timbaland. Deserved. They well-deserved. All right, and Dame Dash is doing a paid in full sequel, and that will be a franchise with multiple series, also a documentary, also a car show. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'm casting the cars right now, you know, so I, I link, you know, the BBS boys, they're actually running around the world selecting the best Ellis paid in full mobiles, and then I'm interviewing everybody from different perspectives, and mine is one of them because I was there. Right. You know what I mean, but you know, there's Lou Sims' perspective from the lynch mob. Mm-hmm. We grew up together. We were close. Pause. And then there's Jay Black's perspective, who was in my immediate crew, the best out, but he was, you know, Rich's lieutenant. So, you know, he was right there. Why do you have to pause when you say we were close? That's just damn. That's just some Harlem thing. <laughs> All right, but shout out to the Jasmine brand. Um, Jasmine actually did that interview exclusively on mm-hmm. her site. She also has a baby now, so congrats on that, Jasmine. Congrats to her. And right. shout out to the BBS boys. BBS boys, they come to all my car shows. They're pretty big in that in that era, that 88 to 80 to 90 era cars, whether it's the BMWs, the Suzuki Samurais, the old Benzes. 
They're pretty big in that. I got a couple of cars there as well. So they always come to my show. Shout out to them. Throw so they're going to have their own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to support. All right. Now, the Wendy Williams Show has announced new guest hosts for the final season. It's coming to an end, as you know, after 14 seasons on the air. So they're going to air live shows with rotating guest hosts that will include Remy Ma, Fat Joe, Kim Whitley, Finesse Mitchell, Carson Kressley, and Vivica A. Fox. All of them will trade off their hosting duties from March 7th through April 1st. And then Sherry Shepard is going to be replacing that time slot with her own talk show called Sherry. Okay. And she'll also continue on as a guest host as well. Up next is the People's Choice Mix. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here, and the General Insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. So if you want quality insurance for less, take a closer look at the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions. We are the Breakfast Club. Uh, so Angela Yee, somebody just brought in a dress, mm-hmm. a red dress for Angela Yee with a note that says, I want to see you in this later on. That is not what it says. So Andy. what is going on, Yee? This is spicy up here. No, Yee's actually, dresses sent to her. Woo! What's going on, Yee? I'm a bridesmaid in the Tories. You're wedding. a bride. Somebody sent you a bride. What is going on? You know what's funny? So she had her bridal shower the other day, and you know I was reposting some of the stories, and then one of my exes hit me like, "You're getting married." Now, mind you, Notori's wearing all white, and she's gone on like, it's clearly she's the bride-to-be. And I was like, yeah, I am. And he was like, I hope I'm invited to the wedding. Imagine me inviting my ex that to would my be wedding. No, that, that would be foul. So, so, oh, so the dress is for your bridesmaid. So why they send the dress up here? Because I don't like sending stuff to my home because people steal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know if you get packages stolen, but, you know, they steal from me all the time, and... My package will be sitting outside, and I think, you know, people just sense. come and take it. It makes sense. It, it would be cute to see a bunch of Brooklyn uh, and I watch it outside on, in that big red dress. Though. And that I watch cool. it on camera. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. Well, also, shout out to Damson Idris for joining us this morning from Snowfall, of course. Yes. Are you going to watch the show finally? Yes, I am. All right. Yes, I am. Is, do they have it on the plane? Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um... Yeah, you got a positive note? Yes. And for everybody out there who is cynical, who is negative, I want to quote the late, great Biggie Smalls. Damn right I like the life I live because I went from negative to positive. And it's all (laughs) good. And if you don't know, now Now you you know. know. So the power of positive thinking, let's implement that right away. Uh, Change your thoughts because your thoughts become things. Breakfast club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done? 